friends, Annie Lobert here with Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. Wow, today is going to be a check mark in the box for we've never done this before. I have a very special guest that's coming on right now that's going to talk about a really, really dark subject. Now, if you have any children in the room, you might want to shoo them out for a little bit, parents. This is an adult topic, and I have a friend here in the studio. His name is Joshua Broom. He was, for six years, the most successful adult film stars in the world. He obtained fame, wealth, traveled the world, all to find out that none of this would fill the emptiness in his heart. And do you know what, you guys? It doesn't. And guess what? He has a podcast that he does. And I'm going to have him share this with you today. This is going to be such an amazing, amazing show. You do not want to miss it. Joshua, welcome to Pink Chair. And I'm sad you can't be in the chair today, but at <laughs> least you're comfortable in your chair. I'm just so excited to interview you and have you share, first of all, who is Joshua? Like, where did you come from and who are you? <laughs> where did I come from? Well, um, again, my name is Joshua Broom and I grew up in South Carolina. Uh, my mom had me when she was 16, but man, she, uh, she showed me what incredible work ethic was and she raised uh, myself and my brother and um, I ended up going to college. I studied theater. And after studying theater for a few years in college, I thought it made the most sense to me to put myself in closer proximity to the jobs that I was pursuing. So I moved to Hollywood and I got an agent and everything was going great. But I ended up in the adult film industry and um hold on hold be, on how the heck yeah. did that happen because <laughs> yeah. first of all you you do have the looks of a hollywood star dude you <laughs> look like no you look like you could seriously be in a movie or a sitcom or anything like that play a serious role you know whatever yeah. it is so how did i mean i'm sure you got headshots you said you had your agent how did you segue yourself into the porn industry. How did that happen? Yeah. So I actually had a lot of success modeling, even though like acting was my passion. So it was just one of the thing, one of those things. And I got an agent and I was in some, in not some B films, but I was in some C films. I, 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 I led, I was What's a lead. A C film? <laughs> yeah. It's, it was really bad. Like I was holding my own boom mic and, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was the extra in everything else, but, um, yeah, it was bad, but but good. I, I was living my dream. And like most people who live in Hollywood, like I was living in the middle of West Hollywood and my rent was crazy and I was barely, you know, making uh, ends meet. And like most people, I got a job at a restaurant or a bar, a bar to, you know, make extra hey. income. And I was waiting tables and a group of girls came up to me and they were like, hey, have you ever considered an being an actor? I was like, well, actually, yes, I have. And they're like, no, we're talking about porn. And I was just kind of flabbergasted. I didn't know what to say because I had seen porn a few times. But like for me, it wasn't something that was real. 
Like, yeah. you know, it was almost, you know, like, like a kid seeing a cartoon character, like in real life. It's like, I thought this was a fictitious thing. I didn't think people actually did this for a living yet. Mm-hmm. Here these people sit and they're asking, you know, me if they're inviting me into their space and they asked me if I wanted to meet their agent. And I was like an agent. And it just seems so sketchy, but so intriguing at the same time. So I was like, sure, I'll meet with your agent. And I thought I was going to go into like a Motel 6 and see this guy like, you know, picking <laughs> lint out of his belly button or something weird. And I walk into this, you know, giant business complex in Studio City adjacent to Universal Studios. And, you know, I walk in and I walk down this hallway and there's this office and there's this guy sitting there in a three-piece suit. And he asked me two or three questions and he quickly captivated you know me with his language and just was very manipulative in that you know he i said hey i'm out here trying to act you know i want to do all this stuff you know and he's like well i can make you famous and actually pornography it's changing into these um these parody films where if you're a good-looking guy and, and you have acting experience you can get all the lead roles you can be famous and he paints a counterfeit version of my dream and i grew up without a father and um, most of my life i was like trying to achieve enough to validate the insecurity that i felt right it's like if, if if i could you know i had to be the best in school i had to be the best in sports if i didn't get the modeling job or the acting job if i didn't get the gig i felt inadequate but if i did it for a moment covered up that weakness or sadness or that longing for something I didn't have. And I believed in that moment, like maybe I'm not good enough to, to make it in this industry. You know, at this point I was like 22, 23 and it's like, you know, I, I've been modeling for almost 10 years and I, I still haven't got like my big break. I, I did, you know, fashion week in Paris once and, you know, did this and that, but like nothing to, you know, substantial, nothing sustainable. And I begin to believe the lie that I'm just not good enough. And then this person feels and sees that and he's like, and he's like, man, I can give you everything that you, you're saying that you want. And I say, yes, I say yes to doing a film and quickly I do that one film. And what I didn't know is it was for a very well-known fast, high producing studio. And that film was up within six weeks and within six weeks, I am getting fired from both of my mainstream agents. My mother is finding out and I'm humiliated. Um, I was kind of seeing someone and I, I thought I could just sweep that thing under the rug. And now I had to confess it. And, you know, that relationship ended and that and she worked at the place where I was making additional income and I felt I felt humiliated. So I, I quit that job. And then all of a sudden, Everything that I knew and everything that I had worked for for 10 years had blown up in my face because of one decision I made. Mm. And my shame, my guilt led me to believe, well, this is your bed. You have to lie in it. And when the agent called me and said, hey, 
you know, I, I want to sign you to a contract. Everything went great. I had already made it my mind that there was nothing else I could do. And that one scene turned into six years and me doing over a thousand movies and me traveling the world doing these movies up until 2012 when I was nominated for Best Male Performer of the Year for the third time. And I finally won. They call my name to come up on stage. This moment that I had been envisioning my whole life um, since being in the industry and I wasn't there. I was on my face crying my eyes out because all I wanted to do was die because I had developed a shame and depression so deep that I stopped answering the phone when my mom called. I stopped answering the phone when my little brother called because I was so ashamed of who I was. But as much as I was ashamed, I equally believed that there was nothing else I could do. I became my shame, I became my guilt, and I just lived in it. Yeah. Wow. You know, it sounds a lot, Joshua, like the porn industry was kind of like your pimp. Yeah. And you got trafficked, you know, with the system of exploiting you and exploiting your your vulnerability of not having that father figure and the need to be to feel loved and and we all know fame is fleeting it doesn't ever stay um gosh it's just it's really really heartfelt what you just shared and i know it probably takes a lot to share what you just did now yeah i mean i just like it for me it, it got it got much darker because in that moment like for me, I, I believe that, well, if, if I made like in my head, like once I make a million dollars, like that, then I'll feel good about myself. I did that. Once I travel to all these places that I wanted to travel to, um, then I'll feel good about myself. Once I win that award, maybe I'll feel good about myself. And when I had done all those things, it actually illuminated the brokenness in my life. And when I had everything in my hands that I said, once I have that, I'll be happy. And I wasn't. My life just shattered. And then what's wild is the next day I walk into a bank and time after time after time, I would never want to deposit the check with a teller because on the memo of the check, it said what it was for. So I didn't want any part of that. And on this day, the ATM wasn't an option. There was no Dropbox. So I had to face the music. So I go give the person the check. They deposit it, hand me my receipt, business as usual. I go to pivot and walk away. And she says, Joshua, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? And I stopped. And in this moment, I have chills still because what she didn't know is it had been almost 18 months since I had heard my name because I had shut every single person out of my life other than people who were on set or the people that I went to, you know, even at the gym where, you know, I tanned or, 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 or I got my hair, you know, cut or what, wherever everyone called me my stage name because that's who I was. Mm. Yeah. And all of a sudden she shattered that lie. Mm. She said, Joshua, and I love what you brought up when we were talking earlier, what my name means. And I was just like, wow, I, 
I don't know. I just, I was shook and I went home and I'm looking myself in the mirror. I was like, I don't know the person I'm, st- I'm looking back mm. at. Mm. And I just felt for me, what really crushed me was not that I em- embarrassed my mom, that her being 16 when she had me and the sacrifices she made so that I could get the comp cards, you know, that driving me to auditions, you know, I played basketball growing up, you know, make sure that I had the new shoes while at the same time we were living in government housing. And just the fact that just, I really felt how hard she had worked for me to have a life that was better than hers. And I, and I achieved it and yet I squandered it and just, it blew up in my face and just thinking about, she did all that for me and my shame, my pride caused me to not answer the phone when she was calling me, telling me to come home, telling me that she loved me, not never affirming what I was doing, but just desperately saying, you are worth so much more. And in that moment, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I picked up my phone and I called my agent and I quit. I put out a, a PR, you know, release and say I quit and I run home to my mom. But for two years, I tried to hide. I tried to run away from my past. I covered up my tattoos. I tried to change my hair. I deleted my social media. But the reality was, in 2012, I was the most famous adult film star in the world. I just won male performer of the year. So people were like, oh, you're that guy. I was working at a gym still. You're that guy. You know, stockings, shelves at a grocery store. You're that guy. Just do, trying my best to run. And that happened for two years, me running and lying and trying to cover up. And all of a sudden, I meet this girl and I'm like, we're going to go on a date. I ask her out and she says no. <laughs> and then um, she invites me to go on a run. And I was like, I hate running. I just want to <laughs> lift weight, but, I, but I'll, I'll, I'll go. And we go and I just have this pit in my stomach and it's like, I can't lie to this person. She doesn't deserve to be hurt by me. She doesn't deserve to be lied to. So I'm like, Hey, there's something I need to tell you. I was like, I did a little bit. I did a little bit of porn. She's like, excuse me. What'd you say? What? I was was like, okay. And it was like ripping off a bandaid. And I was like, I, this is, this is what I've done. I I was in the industry for this long. And it's like, you know, I, I went as far as like, you know, I kicked my brother in the shin when I was 12. I meant to do it. I told my mom it was an accident. Like, told her everything and she's looking at me and just processing and um she's like you know what i didn't expect for you to say that and i'm thinking okay i'm about to be rejected again i'm about to be you know slapped or something and she's like i want to tell you something a person is not defined by the worst thing they'll ever do And a person also is not defined by the greatest thing they'll ever accomplish. God defines who you are. Do you know who God is? And I was like, yeah, I I believe that God is real. Sure. And then she's like, well, do you have a relationship with God? And then all of a sudden, everything that I thought I knew about God was challenged because I never saw myself worthy of having a relationship with him because of the way I saw myself. And then through the, the lens in which I saw a father, it was confusing to me. 
So I was like, how could, how could I have a relationship with him? What do you mean? And then she quickly pivots and just asks me, you know, things about my life and just treats me with his kindness. And later in that week, she asked me if I wanted to go to church. And I was like, sure, you've, you've cultivated this curiosity in me. I want to know more. And I hear the gospel and I feel the weight of not being in porn, but of a lifetime of not feeling good enough lifted. I hear this story about Mephibosheth, or Mm -hmm. I'll I'll spare you the the long story, but long story short, Mephibosheth was someone who believed that he deserved death, yet the king, and historically, they would wipe out the previous kingdom because they didn't want any other family thinking they had rights to the kingdom. But David was a different kind of king, and he offered Mephibosheth a seat at his table and so much more does jesus offer to you and i was like wow like this is this is how jesus sees me and in that moment i give my life to christ and in all of a sudden this shame and this guilt Mm. and understanding who i am is just washing over me and i'm crying and um and that changed my life and that person that I had that conversation with, um, she's been my wife for five and a half years and we have three children together wow. and, you know, and, and her name is hope, you know, her name is hope. So oh she, she led me to hope her name is hope and the church's name was hope. So it was like a, a trifecta of hope, but that's really, um, really cool. <laughs> I, I yeah. man, God bless hope. God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, obviously she saw something really special in you, Joshua, like, you know, you sharing, I'm getting teary eyed. I just, I see the humility and your heart coming through your story. And I wanted to ask you, you know, you know, the disassociation that had to happen to do that work and to change your name. That's what they do to us in the sex industry. They make us pick another name so we don't associate with our real name that we were given by birth. And I I think that means something. Um, The enemy tries to use an alter personality, so to speak. And I'm just so overjoyed. Now, this is the good part. You got out of it. You got married, had babies. And then, I mean, you're serving at your church. Are you a pastor now? I've, yeah, I've been, I've been in ministry for five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so seven, seven, yeah, so seven years ago, I gave my life to Christ, and um, the, what was amazing is I, I've always been all in. <laughs> like, whatever I'm doing, I'm all in, and I walk into this church, and I'm like, hey, um, I feel like God wants me to build a boat. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, I think God wants me to do something bigger than I can comprehend, and my grandfather did teach me this. If you want to do something, figure out how to do it really well, and then ask people who are doing what you want to do a lot of questions. So here I am, I've got a lot of questions, and they sync me up with this guy who just moved there with his family to launch another campus at this church, and he mentored me for four years. And I ended up going back to college, and I got a degree in Christian ministries with a focus in biblical theology. And I've been preaching on stages for you know almost five years. And in that process, you know, God has been restoring me because for me, um, you know, salvation is instantaneous, but sanctification is a process. And what I want people to know (laughs) is that you can bring your fully broken self to God 
with no expectations of you needing to do something prior to coming to him because what he can do for you, you could never do for yourself. And when I brought my full self to God, it has been a process of dismantling and destroying so many lies that I told myself because I would have never did porn, but I I went from doing a porn scene to doing a thousand among many things that I would have never done. And it, it was this, you know, in, in the garden, uh, Satan asked Jesus, um, are, are you are you the son of God? You're the son of God, right? And it's like, man, if 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 Satan can get us to question our identity, he can get us to compromise because we can only we can only say yes to things, you know, it, 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 we, God gives us free will. So we say yes to things that we shouldn't often because we don't know who we are or something has invalidated our identity or our worth in our experience, our pain, whatever it was. Maybe it's something like what I, I did on my own volition, or maybe someone did something to you and you have this wound and you operate and live through that wound. And I want you to know that regardless of what has happened to you or regardless of what someone has done to you, mm-hmm. that does not have to determine what you do next. You right. matter so much. Say that. Okay. I know you have your podcast, Counterfeit Culture. So yeah. tell us where people can find you. And then I want you to pray us out because I want you to pray yeah. for people. Yeah, so um, Counterfeit Culture is brought to you by Edify.app, and you can find that everywhere there is um, podcast, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. And it's called Counterfeit Culture because the way that you identify what is counterfeit is by knowing what is real. And God is real, and His Word wants to transform you and allow yes. you allow you to see yourself, Him, in this world so that you can appropriate yourself differently into this world. That's so good. I'm, I'm sure people are going to want to join that and listen. I'm pretty sure it's awesome. So yeah. could you pray, Joshua, for not just people that watch porn, but anyone yeah. that's been exposed to it also for the people in the industry? Just yeah. go for it. Just pray for whoever you feel led to pray for. Yeah. Mm. Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every person hearing my voice. God, you see each and every one of us. You knitted us together in our mother's womb. There is no one that you don't know. There's nothing that you don't know about us, yet you still love us. You don't love us because of our behavior. You love us because we are yours. God, I just pray that if someone right now is struggling with lust, they're struggling with being in the porn industry. Maybe it's it's something you're doing OnlyFans. You're 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 doing something, God, and you believe that there's nothing else that you can do. You believe, how could I ever work a job? How could I ever have a career? How could I ever have a purpose? God has put gifts and talents in you and you are worth so much more than sacrificing your body. Your mind, it matters. Your body, it matters. And you can choose to walk into purity and purpose today. God, I just pray that you touch that person that's feeling overwhelmed and lost and they just want to give up, God. I just pray that you touch them with your love so they can see and feel and experience the life that you died so that they could have. He loves you so much that he was willing to die for you to live 
And I pray that you just step in the direction of him today, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what has happened to you. He can and will heal you if you allow him to do so. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Joshua, wow, I'm crying. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, last thing. <laughs> what an awesome prayer. Because uh, I just have a heart for everyone. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, what's the best advice you can give from your experience about life? Yep. It's stop believing the lie that where you are has to determine where you do, where you go next. Because yes, change is difficult, but it's worth it. Because I was in porn and I, I did a list of things that I said I would never do. And I believed, how could a job ever hire me? I opened two gyms and now I run a ministry. I stand on stages and preach. I have a wife. I have a family. I have respect. Wherever you are, you can start today moving in a different direction. There is nothing that you'll ever do that'll overcome or supersede the power that lies in the cross. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that, that's a huge amen because Jesus is the reason. Like, He's changed my life. He's changed your life. I'm so honored to get to know you today, Joshua, and share you with our audience. And I just, I think we're going to have to have you come back on soon because I would love there's so to. much more for you to share. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, we, I didn't even get into it. It's an amazing story. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's, it's shocking and it's amazing yeah. and it's, it's redemptive and, and you're just yeah. uh, anointed by God. And again, your name means savior. And I just Amen. love what you're doing now. Thank you so much for coming on, spending time with us, but also for what you're doing for the community and what hope you're bringing not just your wife, but the entire movement of porn and people that are addicted. We really appreciate you. Thanks for Absolutely. coming on the pink chair today. Thanks for having me. Hi, dear friends, Annie here. Did you know that we have a nonprofit that serves sex trafficking victims? And how did this come about? Well, that was so simple for me because I am a former trafficking victim of more than a decade in Las Vegas. I had two different traffickers that almost destroyed me and ravaged my soul. But by the grace of God, I sit in this chair today and I can testify that Jesus is real and that my complex trauma and all the pain that I endured got totally solved by the love of God. And I wanted to share this today because we are in very desperate need of donations at our nonprofit. Now, our nonprofit not only does outreach for victims that are hurting, that need to get away from their traffickers, that need resources, but we have a home called the Destiny House where ladies can dream, discover, and develop into God's perfect destiny He has planned for them. And this is not free, but the girls, the clients we have, never get charged, but it's not free for us to operate it. We have staff, 24 seven staff. We have trauma therapy, equine therapy. The ladies eat great big meals at the tables together. 
They go to trauma counseling. They have group therapy counseling. They go to addiction classes. They end up signing up for a vocation college, and then they end up getting a job before they leave our program. I am asking you, the one who's watching this, the one who's listening, to please consider to partner with us. Survivor-led nonprofits don't always get good donations. You can go to pinkchair.com and click on donate. Please partner with us. Your donation is tax deductible and you're going to be saving a life.